This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. For me, she's the best English centre-back. Play your best players in their best position. I don't think the captain is droppable, particularly after making the statement of dropping Steph Houghton. Subscribe to the OTB Koi gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We are delighted to say Tommy Walt is with us in studio. Tommy, how are you? Yeah, good morning, Jar. What's the level of nerves like? How when does it, when do you start the build up now to an all Ireland final like this? Are you, are you been thinking about it non-stop for two weeks, or are you trying hold it at bay because you don't want to peak too soon? Yeah, well, I suppose this week is a little bit different, Jar, because we're going for the double. <laughs> <laughs> First time since Cork, I think, is it 1990? <laughs> so we have the football in the bag now from last weekend. So. Hopefully the hurling will follow. When does it start? You know, I was listening to Paul Murphy and Skettle there during the week and, um, you know, they were talking about the knots in your stomach that they just suddenly appear. And, um, you know, that's so true. So you could be, you know, tipping along, doing your, do, going about your day as per normal. And next minute something just, yeah. It could be a reference to Crow Park or you might meet someone in the shop or putting petrol in the car and they might mention something and it comes and you know it's all our final week or a big game day like and um, and could that happen at any point in the week like Monday, Tuesday except oh yeah well, and then any time after the all Ireland semi-final right. but it kind of gets bigger as the the closer you get to the game and once they're there do they do they come and go or is that it now you're like kind of in ribbons for the whole week just come on get through this yeah and I suppose experience helps you in that regard and maybe winning one um, will help you so like I was lucky enough um, in my preparations that I suppose from an underage career you're used to be playing in big games so the way I used to deal with it was I wouldn't be afraid of it so when I came in I used to let it flow back out right. instead of saying oh why is you know why am I feeling like this which the game is over and um, I used to just let it come in and out right. so I think about something else straight away so I wasn't running away from the fact but I was able to I suppose get get by that way and as well, my first year on the panel, like it was, it was actually 20 years ago now, 2002, uh, I was called in after the Leinster final. And um, myself and DJ, DJ came back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it was just DJ at the time. But, <laughs> but listen, we came, we, we came in after the Leinster final. And um, I remember actually a funny story around DJ at that time. Like they were after playing the Leinster final against Wexford. I think they beat him 19 points to 17. And um, I suppose the older leaders on, on the squad DJ was after retiring that time and but he was still young felt that to win an All-Ireland they need DJ back so they got talking after the Leinster final I don't know was it the night of the Leinster final or it could have been the day after as you would and um, slowly but surely then talk got around and someone obviously went out to meet him or rang him and DJ was back and he right. was a huge part of, of winning that but just going back sorry to the nervous part was I was a sub then that year and never got on so the first few weeks you're looking forward to it. you're so excited to be part of it with your heroes but then you realise I don't want to be a sub like you know I want to be playing that so you have no nerves coming up to a final no right. nerves to a semi-final so after that I said to myself you know what give me all the nerves in the world all the knots in the stomach in the world I'll take it just to be part of it so um, I learned that listen while you'd love to go out and play like a challenge game isn't it better to have that than not being playing at all? Definitely. Uh, did someone talk to you about that? Or was that just like self-taught yourself? Or was that the type of thing that you could go to other players on the team or anybody in management? Or was there somebody that you could kind of go, look, I feel like this. Uh, I wouldn't mind not feeling like this. Or what does this feeling mean? Like, Yeah, well, I experienced it. And I experienced it like 
in a, when you're from a small place, um, you usually make most teams. So there was once I didn't make it when all the friends in, in my class, it was kind of a league game, I think it was against the Borough, in the Borough, and um, a sub again, and it was rare enough, I suppose, at the time, because I said, from a small place. But I hated it. And so I think through experience of going through the feelings of having nothing and no nerves, no anticipation, no excitement, I said, you know, I learned that I'd rather have it all. So and then you learn from just being there. I think then that just led in and out, and obviously to be lads passing on messages throughout. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, but that that whole pressure is a privilege cliche that exists now. That you were living that basically. Like I want the pressure, I want the nerves because that means that I'm in the team, and that means there's something big. There's a prize on offer. Absolutely, and I probably lived through. I lived through it, so I lived through without no pressure. Yeah. So I I knew both sides of yeah, the coin yeah, yeah. it wasn't the grass is kind of green or whereas maybe if you'd made the team in the first year it might have been completely different oh yeah I'd say all the pressure would be on you and you'd know no different because you've seen the heights yeah. uh, straight away like was it Tiger Woods was talking about the live golfers there yesterday and he was like these guys are getting money without going through the dirt without having to earn it and it was an interesting one from, from him because I suppose having read his book and that with his dad and that, even though he became what he became, as in superior golfer to, to everybody else, the work he put in. And the relentless practice. Relentless practice. So he appreciated it, what it took for him to do, to get where, where, where he got. So the same thing goes for, for, for all of us, you know. And, and then I think big leaders, older leaders on your team help as well. Like when I started, Andy Comfort was yeah. the captain, 2002. Yeah. And like, as of leaders, he is up there. Just an authoritative figure. Uh, I'd say it was 2003 All Ireland final. I think he was a sub. He was a captain in 2002. 2003 All Ireland final. I think he came on and uh, put his foot in. He lost his hurl, put his foot in, and broke hurls off off his off his leg. He didn't even feel it. You know. <laughs> now I know Larry Murphy put his head in where other lads won't put his hurl. But listen, head or head or leg. Uh, it's, it's a brave thing to do. What will so. the Kilkenny um, panel be like confidence-wise going into this game? Because Limerick, they know this so well now, whereas some of the Kilkenny uh, lads, they're obviously outsiders. Like, Will they have any fear going in? I don't want to have fear, but um, I think going in as an underdog when you have a great chance is not a bad way to go in. Do you think they have a great chance? I do think they have a great chance, absolutely. Um, they showed that in the semi-final. Um, history is an amazing thing too and rivalries and sometimes a team can you know no matter when they play or what kind of form or what kind of team they put out um, they have the ability to be competitive against another team mm. like Kenny have always been against Limerick like you go back to John Kyle like these guys have been so dominant for the last couple of years but 2017 their first year Kenny beat them 2018 then Limerick turned the tide and we beat them again in 2019 so like it's two to one in, in that mm. era, and you couldn't say Kilkenny Raw was the the better team. So I think that, that they have a great chance to, to be a great chance. I suppose Johnny, you have to have at this time of the year, you have to have a savage work rate, but you also have to have individual brilliance. We're going to talk about the five key battles that you've picked out first. I have one last question about the DJ thing. Did the players go to DJ, or did they go to Cody first? Like because Cody had to be on board with DJ coming back, right? Yeah. So did did you did? Yeah, I don't. I can't remember that now. Um, only half are coming up in the car there, to be honest. But big enough for Cody to like. It definitely happened as yeah. regards the players chatting around. Yeah. Last thing we did, oh, somebody thing. had to go to Brian and say, "Listen, you know, he's really good. Could we get him back? And we won't, we won't mind if he comes back." 
Yeah, but you see, there's, DJ, another, there's another kid called Tommy Welsh you could bring in as well, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they said that. <laughs> but uh, see, DJ, rewind back the clock, like, DJ was a god. You know, the same way as, you know, I don't know who's a god now, but DJ was a god to all the Kenny folk. Keen Lynch, like. Keen Lynch, absolutely. Yeah, Joe yeah. Canning. Joe Canning. So that's what you're talking about with regards to DJ. Um, like I often spoke about here before, like when DJ was in the county final, Kenny, he used to bring 5,000 more people to yeah. the final. Yeah. Um, it was the buzz that when he got the ball, but also it was the humility. Um, he was so nice. Like, you know, Mikey Carey, his son, there's talk about Brian, he, he managed DJ to, a, to an all Ireland final. Now he's managing Mikey into an, uh, to contest an all Ireland final this weekend. Well, in 2002, Mikey and Sean, his brother, they used to be in around when we were stretching. They were in around the train sessions. And DJ was there, like one of us, and he had great words of encouragement for all the young fellas. Yeah. It was never DJ, I'm the king. It was, listen, I look after you, and that's the way DJ. So once Brian knew that, that he was bringing back in, I suppose, a guy of that humility and that respect. And also he knew he gives a great chance of winning and all earned. You couldn't get away with that, Kilkenny, could you, being bigger than anyone, like... Well, under, under Brian will say like because it's the selfless nature like this is the collective like yeah and I suppose that's what's so similar to the two lads managing on Sunday mm. it's all about culture um, you know John Kiley's the very same like you see him speaking on the papers there this morning about they love going for a coffee together that love. was really interesting and, and they holiday together like and they enjoy each other's company yeah. that seems to be important when you reach this level where it's relentless the level of dedication and commitment that they have they have to enjoy each other's company otherwise it wouldn't work absolutely Ger. and as well you go back to five years ago 2018 the, the guys that started all in semi-final this year there was 13 starters from 2018 which was five years ago that's incredible and Johnny if you don't have a, a, a real team spirit it's easy to say it but live mm. through it and do it you're not going to have that kind of a, you know Continuity. consistency because mm. you'll have people getting bitter why am I playing and this and that but no they seem to have a real real incredible spirit like David Reedy came on the last day like how long has he been a sub at this stage mm. why didn't he say you know what I've got me all Ireland medals John obviously doesn't he doesn't want to pick me I'm going to move off now and get on with my life no he stayed going would Limerick be in the all Ireland finalist weekend only for David Reedy David Reedy so it goes back to he said it's spirit and you know togetherness enjoyment and did you guys have that or was it a bit different no we loved it right now we didn't really have to, in, in my the gym wasn't really so like we met three times a week yeah so we met each other as great crack and um, trainings were tough and all that but we were allowed to be ourselves like I know Brian Cody in his interviews he's very much you think he's you know um, the school teacher kind of listen there's no fun here but he loved all that Right, you know, like the characters, like you hear about the John Mulhalls, the Racker Cody's, who's the yeah. kit man, fierce and part and part to say up. They're laughing and joking, going round, high fiving, and loves all that. You yeah. have to have it, like, and you have to have it, mm. and they know that because if you have a disdour kind of a camp, mm. it's grand when you're winning, but as soon as something goes wrong, that's when you'll see people walking away or giving up, or mm. you know, like you see one interesting point is you know Paul Mannion's interviews yeah. since the club. He just he, he finds that there was just too much involved. But we were lucky enough we came before that era. Yeah. We didn't have really the analysis. And there was no like no one tracking your calories or your heart rate or any of that stuff. Absolutely not. And the way we believed at that time, and it was probably before the current 
era of you know science and that it was if you're playing well you're doing the right things if you're eating five breakfast rolls a week stay eating them mm. it's working on Sunday mm. you know I always say 1005 now we didn't mean to all learn but I had a fry every day this summer working on building sites you know now again we didn't win so maybe it wasn't the right thing to do <laughs> <laughs> I should have been the food and the pasta <laughs> so uh, you know but it, it, was a di- it was a different era like you know that's actually like that that's what t- 2005 like that might as well be like 1940 it's that alien to this year like can you imagine doing that now like you wouldn't you wouldn't get away with it maybe once a week yeah, no. It's mad, isn't it? Well, maybe, uh, yeah. maybe maybe these players are training so much that you can. I, I'd say you were working off whatever, um, you know, and then training on top of it as well. Yeah, ah, didn't work then. Listen, it's all through with confidence too. If you mm. think you're doing the right thing, mm. that's you're, it. You're doing the right thing. I remember two thousand and I don't know what year it was. Paul Murphy was after coming onto the panel, and um, probably won. So it could have been two thousand and thirteen, maybe when we lost. But um, Paul was after putting on a bit of weight and. Um, you know they're they're, they're on to him, you know what's he eating because you have to give the your 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 nutritional plan what you're eating day to day you know and he was eating this and he's eating that and should we have the goujons down in Langtons you know the the, the meal you have after training the nutritionist is like uh, goujons <laughs> and we were after eating goujons for about ten years after in seven or eight all Ireland you know and uh, they didn't know that we were getting goujons uh, to Friday you know and. Um, so they were gone off the menu after that. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is, I, what, the way I looked at that at that time is we were eating chicken. So yeah, chicken was good. Uh, yeah. Like bread was good, it was carbohydrates. And um, so like a lot of it too was in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady talking about as well. And another good one about that was, um, I don't know do they still get it, but um, <clears throat> Friday nights for I learned. So you know the way you be eating, trying to eat right, especially championship. You know, like say, if you're having a cup of tea during... January, February, March, you probably have four or five digestive biscuits with it. Like, you know, you might have no snack bars, I'll wait. But coming into the championship, you'd only have the cup of tea. Yeah. You might have you over a banana or something like that. Uh, that was the sacrifice we were making. <laughs> but, um, but, and the same in Langton. So you weren't allowed to have dessert, yeah. you know. Now, in the start of it, probably before our time, you probably were allowed to have dessert, but now you weren't. But the Friday night before in All-Ireland, the biggest game of your, of your life, really, you could have had them. <laughs> you could have your fit rolls, you could have cheesecake, you know. You know what? Looking back, it was great. It was well off. We were so excited getting the old cheesecake or the fit rolls. You know, it led into yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. And then you were buzzing come Sunday. And, uh, you know, sure, what did it really matter at that stage? But, Absolutely. You know. And uh, did everybody hate Paul Murphy for getting the Goo Johns taken <laughs> off the menu? <laughs> oh, you did. your fault. I don't like Goo Johns. Oh, we weren't happy with him. You say Maud loves the chicken nuggets. I mean, well, that was it. it. Right, let's get through these individual battles because, like, um, you've been talking about this, this team, this Kilkenny team, with a lot of confidence about the quality of the individuals. And it looks as if that quality of the individuals is beginning to mesh into a team. It's been quite the journey from a group who were uh, uncertain about how to play through the lines to a team who now looks fairly confident doing that, but who aren't just a team who plays through the lines, who can go along if they need to. Yeah. And, um, you know, going through the lines is, is, is probably the, the terminology on it. I think the way these managers look at it is heads up hurling. So if it's long and there's one-on-one inside give it in that, is all, that will always be the best ball Yeah, it's just if they have a spare man coming back or half back coming back mopping up the whole time then no listen lads this isn't working so heads up hurling nowadays is you give the 5 or 10 yard pass uh, if there's a lad free you'll often see a left half back or a right half back will be free 
when a full someone in the full back line gets it. Why is that? Because the, the big danger as a midfielder or a half as or a half forward is when a guy gets in the full back line or out around in, he launches it and there's a goal opportunity. So you will kind of naturally start drifting back. Yeah. So it, na- it often leaves a wing back free um, out on his wing, and you see Kyle Hayes isn't there anymore, but they. Um, you know, um, Dermot Burns and Dan Morrissey. You'll often see probably not Dan Morrissey, probably more of a marker, and but but definitely Dermot Burns and Kilkenny did that the last day, and it was the Crow Park. Then is such a different place than Salt Hill, such a different place than than Nolan Park. Whether they are or whether they aren't, Crow Park is bigger. You know, and it isn't really. It's 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 not it's nominal if at all. Like it's just yeah. psychologically or something. I understand that, Jay. I still can't get my head yeah. around it because playing on it, it's massive. And like I played in the old Crow Park, the mm. old Crow Park was small, and it hills and bumps and hollows. And I was amazed in 2001 playing as a minor. Talk Crow Park was only the biggest field of all time, and it was tiny. I couldn't get over it. It was like nearly playing on a soccer field or a rugby field. Mm. But the new Crow Park. I'm not sure what year that came in, the, the new field. I think it was around 2002, I'd say. Yeah, it was 2002. That was huge. And I know what you're saying, and the metrics are probably the same as some places, but listen, it's all about when you're out there, and it is massive. And it's special awareness, and it's like the mm. fact that... 80,000 people and all that. I think, well, or or the fact that the stadium is so big that, mm. like, you know, yeah. maybe it's the... Con- and the funny thing is, in the smaller grounds, you'd say, the people are close to you, it is smaller. But Johnny... 80,000 people or two people in Crow Park it's still massive mm. I always found mm. there's more space to find that so I think it might suit him Ger, to play more this style they tried it up in Salt Hill against Galway and they were overturned for about 1-4 and so there was a crisis then I presume like I can only imagine what training is like after that but they, they stuck with it because uh, they had to stick with it because they had to evolve yeah. if they're going to beat Limerick which is ultimately what at the start of the year everybody was like well okay it'd be great to It'd be great to do well this year, but we have to beat Limerick if we're going to win this thing. Yeah. And, like, you say they stuck with it. They did and they didn't. I think when the pressure came on them in Salt Hill, they went back to launching it. When the pressure came on them in Nolan Park against Wexford, they went back to launching them. But since then, they seem to me, listen, lads, this isn't working anymore. We have to be able to play it around. And if, if it's on, give it in. If it's not, though, and it's not working. So let's talk about some of the battles, right? You picked Paddy Deegan versus Garrod Hegarty. Um, Hegarty got taken off in the last game which I you know <laughs> haven't been so the goal in the previous match was so spectacular like you know if, if Tony Kelly's point hadn't happened we'd be talking about it as one of the scores of the season and we probably will be at the end of the year anyway yeah. but um, our backs did quite well like or actually our backs did quite I think four of the four of the Limerick forwards came off I think taken off yeah. the subs didn't do badly either when they come on but like yeah um, Paddy Deegan's story is fairly amazing. Uh, part of that under twenty one team beaten by West Mead. There's eight of that crew who were on the the squad here, which again kind of you know gives voice to that whole maybe winning isn't the best thing for a lot of young teams. But um, also uh, played up front for the club last year in, in big games and can win his own ball and understands what the role of the forward is if he's going to do that. But has really emerged as one of the best defenders in the country. Yeah, and. I've been watching Paddy since a young lad playing in CBS, Kenny CBS inside and Kenny is a full back, centre back, mostly a full back, even with all Auckland's and Auckland's minors. He was always you now he was never on probably brilliant teams, but he was always brilliant. He was inspirational and he's one of them kind of characters. Yeah, yeah. He comes out with a ball and he's like Brian Lowen coming out with a ball. The whole place gets a lift off it because he's wholeheartedly, he'll die with his boots on. And that's the kind of player he is. With the club last year he went up uh, full forward, centre forward, kind of a roving role. But everyone saw him as a guy. O'Loughlin would have had smaller forwards, 
So they probably wanted someone to go up and shake it around a bit so that the boys could maybe get their scores because you need that balance in a forward line. But he did that and so much more. He scored 2-3 or 2-4 in the county final. He scored 5-6 and six points goals right throughout, consistently, throughout the championship and throughout the league part of the championship. So he has so much more to his game than just this guy that goes in and yeah. is, 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 is a tough nut. He, he has it all, really, and... Um, he deserves it all because he's put so much time into it and um, no he he's going to take on Hegarty listen I don't know what the matchups are this is what I would do um, I'm kind of looking at it in regards if the Kenny team that went out in the semi-final against Clare picks up the limit because who knows who's going to pick up who but if he's on Hegarty like Hegarty is the elegance of a small fella the goal he scored was it in the Munster final of the round robin against Clare where he took the ball off Tom Morrissey flicked it over the head and into the one back of the net one of the greatest goals ever like one of the greatest goals ever on the big stage he scored two goals was in last year's All-Ireland final just in picks a spot glides it into the corner points he's a brilliant man under the high ball his father was a great man for under the high ball he's probably even better and um, you know probably from the football and background as well Yeah. so I think that's going to be but two tough nuts and that's what makes it interesting they won't go back from each other. And now, for Kilkenny to, to beat Limerick, whoever's on Hegarty, if it's Paddy Deegan, he'll have to follow him. Uh, you know, he'll follow him into the dressing room. If uh, so you think that's him. like a proper man-marking job then? Oh, they, absolutely. I think that whole half-hour line, I think Limerick, if you give the half-hour line space... What if, drift, yeah. what, if they, what if they all disperse and then leave all the space for Galan? Where it's like, so if, if you're doing the man-marking thing, does that mean Kilkenny have to play a bit of a sweeper in front of Galan? I don't think so. I think how they beat Limerick in 2019 and how you how you beat them is you have to put unbelievable pressure on them coming out with the ball right so you can't so it's the forwards who are doing that defensive job for you and if you go back and look at the replay of 2019 that's what they did so when, when Hannon and these guys gets the ball they look up they can't look up they're being drove back and right. back so when they do hit into Galan it's a 50-50 ball right. even a kind of 60-40 ball they do so if I was to analyse about the, the, the half forwards creating space it's too late if it's the other it's the ball coming out that's it's the ball coming out okay. absolutely yeah. um, Adrian Mullen's been sensational like has, is, yeah. is coming into the, the senior hurler that we knew he would be um, you know after the injury and, and has, has made a significant comeback from that so um, him versus Willow Donoghue is your next individual battle yeah um, like Mullen I like all the Ballyhale as in Kenny we admire Ballyhale because they do win so much they hurl so beautifully and with grace and humility and Mullen like his, his brother Darren and Paddy they've been a savage family growing up there's a good few of them Mullins is in it all youngsters and they're brilliant hurlers they make the ball talk and Adrian has been doing this with Kieran's with, 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 young, with underage Ballyhale teams since he was a young lad and to see him now achieve and probably reach his potential and probably, you know there's, there's far more in him as well it's, it's great when you're watching a guy since he was young um, like his brother had a great sidestep Darren they're, they're very natural hurlers I'd say if they played any sport Jared, they'd be brilliant at it and now you know he's on and off the team he does his cruciate does one or two cruciates but now he's back and like no one knew if he was going to be on the team or not this year suddenly he's top scorer from play yeah. no past Tony Kelly and uh, I think it's an amazing, amazing achievement for him coming back from what he did. You know, two club all Irelands. Like he turned up against Boris Lee, scored three points from playing that club all Ireland when you know scores were hard to come by. And uh, sure, he's he's taken on Willow Dunne, who I calls him the Terminator. Like you know, <laughs> if you see anyone solo and Kenny that solo with the ball, he's after him, and he's kind of like you're kind of trying to get away from him. Nearly looking back to see if he's there. 
Uh, so Willow Donoghue is a huge part of that. I'd say John Kiley really appreciates. Uh, oh, Murphy and Nicky Quaid have been the two best goalkeepers in the country for the last decade. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what impact either slash both of them have on the game. Yeah, and um, like Joel Canning spoke a few weeks ago about um, you never appreciate a free taker until he starts missing them. Then you say, geez, I'd love to have a free taker that scores all his frees. But it's the same with a goalie, isn't it? Yeah, totally. You know, you never appreciate a goalie doing the simple stuff. You always appreciate the big saves. But you never appreciate the simple stuff. Nicky Quaid and Murphy do for all their brilliance, it's the simple stuff to do unreal. And like Nicky Quaid was they can this Limerick team can thank Nicky Quaid as they can thank a lot of their players. But he possibly changed history with that flick on they were against Cork, was it Harnady? Harnady was true for a certain goal. If that got a goal at that stage in Dollar and Semi Final 2018, it was game over. But Nicky went out and flicked the ball, brave as you like. Mm. And, um, like, you know, they were betting 2019 versus Kenny. Would we even be talking about Limerick today only for Nicky Quaid? Well, it's so important. John Kiley in the papers is like, I wasn't sure if I was the man for the job, and if we were going to lose another championship game, I was going to walk away. I don't know if he would have, because, like, if, you, if he'd lost by a few points to, yeah. to Cork. But, but we're not champions at that stage, so no, there's still probably no titles in the bag. No, and it's. it's like, and you're wonderful to have that humility to say that, like, say, you know, this could have gone a different way. Instead of, like, this was a preordained, I was always going to be a great manager. Yeah, I think that's the thing that makes him a great manager. Mm. Do you know, it's like what made Jim Gavin was the defeat to Tony Gall. Like, I have this great, lavishly gifted team. We can go on and just keep winning and winning and winning. But that wasn't the case. Mm. Like, somebody else out-taught him. And so he went mm. away and completely changed how that team played. And it's the same with Kylie, it seems. It's like, yeah. that, that, that's why he's playing down the rivalry with Kilkenny. But the fact that Kilkenny beat them in the first year, and again... You know, I oh, know it has to be a massive part. I think, <laughs> Jerry, you know, for all Limerick people as well, because like you look at their the history, like like history would always tell you the big three: Kilkenny, Cork, and uh, Tipperary. Yeah. Now that's going back to the you know when well, it's, the games it's, it's, began, it, but it's written in the books. It's written in the books that's with the all their titles. Yeah. Yeah. And great players. Yeah. And so uh, you've knocked off Cork, you've knocked off Tipperary. Just one more to go, and then oh. like then then they're in the conversation for greatest team of all time. They're, like. Those yeah. conversations, they become more intense. They do. And like John Kiley, Cody has 11 titles. The next, I think, is Bertie Troy, Kiley himself, um, Pat Henderson. There's three or four there on three titles. Right. If he goes, if he wins this one, he goes straight up to second. Mm. Like Limerick, they've never done the three in a row. There's no one outside of Kenny Cork and Tipperary have done the three in a row. Mm. Yeah. So that's a that's huge history weighing on this for Limerick. Like, there's no one in Limerick has four all in the medals as far as I can see the great McMackie team of the 30s they have three yeah. none of them have four that's a, that's a peculiar kind of pressure that they haven't had up to this point where history it's history in the making as the you know there's history in the making and, and also the opposition they're playing so you have all that pressure but you know coming down the, the home straight if you're used to winning and used to beating teams you're not really thinking about losing. I think against Galway that was so apparent. It was just body language. They didn't look flustered. They didn't look flustered. But I would imagine, and I hope I'm not proven wrong on <laughs> Sunday, but if it does come down the home straight, they won't be as easy in their skin. Because, I'm um, why? History. They were beaten in 2017, beaten in 2019, playing against this Kilkenny team that, you know, knows... Uh, People will say they know how to win. It's tradition that Kilkenny have been in all and finds the same pressure won't be on them. Mm. So will they be as comfortable going down the home stretch? You'd hope they won't. Last two quick ones here. TJ Reid versus Declan Hannan. Um, TJ came back a little bit late this year. Obviously he was getting married. Was Didn't start a game, but um, then they got the hurling into him and he's back. Yeah, 
it's funny you say the hurling into him <laughs> it never leaves him you know he's just always hurling and um, but a huge motivation for TJ is like he was captain twice before himself 2010 and 19 I think 60, it was 2019 his brother's captain and there's no greater feeling probably there's probably a, a, a more you're probably more proud mm. if your brother or maybe your best friend becomes captain get him up the steps um, you know like when I was part of it like I was never lucky enough to be captain or it didn't really bother me anyway but to see your best friends going up the steps like Hoagie and Larks yeah I remember uh, particularly when they because I was close to them when they were captains it was a huge motivation I'd love to see him you know yeah. lifting it and drawing the photos and so strategic to see Richie and you have to remember like Richie was on this panel for a long time but he stayed going he didn't say listen life can be better let's go to Australia let's do this I'll stick around here yeah. suddenly he sent her back on the team and he has been fantastic for Ballyhill as a centre back I'm not sure why we were playing him midfield for the last couple of years he's always been a brilliant centre back and he's now could be you know well, whether they win or not he has captained his team to an all earn so TJ I'd say will be huge motivation for him to do that yeah. definitely Declan Hannon will do anything with TJ to mix it up um, in terms of I don't know some rabbit out of the bag like because well, his performance semi-final was nearly up there with his best ever Like it was and I suppose Johnny like you have to look at what will they do or what have they always done Limerick have never really man-marked as such mm. I'd imagine Will O'Donoghue will probably make a menace of himself around mm. there but Hannon is a sitting centre-back that's what he does that's mm. what he does best he's not going to go away from that to be, suddenly become a man-marker Declan Hannon was never a man-marker so let's you do what you do and I'll try and do what I do mm. better than what you do I think that's the way they will do and hopefully your midfielders will help you out Just briefly on TJ where does he stand in terms of free-takers of the all-time great free-takers he just never seems to miss like. yeah well if you look at TJ, like when he started, Henry was the free taker and he took over from DJ and Henry probably practiced and grew himself into an eight, nine out of ten, you know, free taker. TJ then was the same. TJ used to miss a good few when he was younger too, like he was probably a seven out of ten free taker. Suddenly he became a nine out of ten. So the, the pressure, I think, you get used to it mm. and it suddenly becomes normal. You're used to doing this. So, no, he has been unbelievable the, up there. The last individual battle is Hugh Lawler versus Aaron Galan. Galan's had um, uh, one of those years where he's had an impact in every game. Like, yeah. And, you know, he's one of the best hurlers in the game at the moment. He is. And maybe we underrate that sometimes. Like, And he's got everything. He's, he's spiky. <laughs> he's, he's clever. He's, like, hard. He's a hardy book as well. So, uh, Hugh Lawler has his work cut out. He does. And, like, um, remember DJ used to say, um, there's only one bad ball coming into the full forward line. What's that, DJ? No ball. <laughs> and Galan reminds me of that. He doesn't need a nice ball. Give it into him high, give it into him low, and he can win it. As you said, Spike, he's bowl-like. And you need to be like that in the full forward line because the lads are going to be uptight on you. Galan has done it in the big day- days. Last year's Munster final, when Tipperary had him, he came on. Or he was, yeah, I think he only came on in that game, but he was brilliant. Yeah, And um, he showed his pedigree, he showed his importance to this limited team because that dropped him. And to come back from that as well is something, you know, to respond the way he did also shows, like, great character. For whatever reason, not in the team in the first place, but, you know, like, that that's a moment afterwards in years to come. Himself and Kylie will have a laugh about it. But in, in the moment, I'm sure there's, like, a bit of heat there. So, um, right, at the very end, we're going to do clutch moments inspired by Sean O'Shea's free. So that was that was big balls from Sean O'Shea at the weekend. Yeah, it was massive. And, um, like, you know... Hurling games usually get all the credit, but like what a game, you know, that Dublin and Kerry game it had everything. Everything you want to see in a game, it had it. 
and like I just so much respect for him for the fact he missed the penalty and they weren't the favourites it'd be different if it was the other way around Dublin they have all the all-earned medals in their back pockets this Kerry team doesn't and people think they should have a few yeah. because they've won so many minors and they've so much brilliance in their team individually and as a collective so for him to step up after missing a penalty and the goalie came out and tried to take it I think Clifford came over and tried to take it and he said hold on a minute now you know and to be different if it was a guy that was after nailing the penalty in yeah. the first half this is a guy that knew that if he missed this probably the, the knives would be out again and by God it was some and the way he curled it over and like even the shaking post couldn't stop <laughs> <laughs> so ah Shawnee Shea so yeah so that was probably you know one of the biggest clutch uh, scores so this yeah. week's shout out is clutch scores what, what have you got for us so I've, me top six right right yeah yeah so number six Henry's goal against uh, Tipperary 2009 um, All-Ireland final the penalty the penalty yeah the penalty so although it wasn't the last one if he'd have missed that we were gone because we weren't hurling well at the time Tipperary were doing all the hurling but he came up with that big moment and he, I don't think he'd been going I think he spoke about that he hadn't been hurling particularly well he felt that day so to do that while feeling it, this is when there was three men on the goal. Yeah. I just thought it was just a huge sense of relief. We went on and scored another goal after that. Number five then, Joe Canning. So now not the score he got against Tipperary. It was the free he got in the 2012 All-Ireland final. He had to score that out on the wing to draw the game. So I thought that was huge. Yeah. Again, the pressure on that. And that's, I, I, think the, I think the pressure on him compared to the pressure on O'Shea isn't comparable at all. That was an unbelievably tough to, to, to win, not to get to the extra time to win the game. That was, an, that was a tough free for Joe as well, like a really, really tough free. Bad angle, like, you know, a lot of pressure. And Brian Cody was just behind him, I think, like parading the sideline right behind him. And Joe, like, didn't flinch. Because <laughs> it wasn't even a free in the first place. With no. <laughs> Davey Glenn. Yeah, Davey made the most of it, like. And all fair, and that's what you have to do. And, uh, but you're right. It was actually at the wrong side yeah. for a right handed free taker because it had spin out like that. Yeah. If he's on the other side, it had spin back in. So that was an amazing free. And uh, number five then, uh, sorry, that's number five. Number four then, Tony Kelly. Mm. His uh, sideline this year. Like, you know, no, but he, he took that as if he was literally just opening the door. Yeah, just like, ah, whatever. Unbelievable. And totally honest, unconscious. He had no right to go off, yeah. really. <clears throat> that was a pass. Try and make, short, make a free out. Mm. Yeah. But no, he said, listen. And as well, we have to remember, take this into context as well. Claire wanted that Munster. So this wasn't, uh, sure, it's a month, you know, we'll be grand. They're all in final. This was their all in final. Yeah. So yeah. this was clutch for that team and for him. Uh, number three then, they're all clear lads actually. <laughs> James O'Connor. Oh yeah. He scored 97. Ball came out to him on the wing under the Hogan stand over the bar. Like it was just, you know. Again, unconscious. Like I've, I've done this all year. No, no difference that it's the winning of the All-Ireland and I'm the best hurler in the country and <laughs> the, the team is totally reliant on me. It was a sensational. Sensational point. Yeah. And he, he told a story during the summer that a training session before that coming up to the All-Ireland final, he, he took an, a similar effort, I think, or somewhere out around the half-hour line, but it was a little bit blasé about it. And Brian Lone came up and absolutely ate him. Right. So, like, he was here, you know. Now, yeah. whether he, I, I wouldn't say uh, James would ever do that in Blase, but, but still, it probably refocused him even more. Yeah, yeah. And he scored that. Uh, number two then had to be Joe Hannings. So, remember the, the, the score he got against um, Tipperary, Tip. All Ireland semi final. And people think All Ireland finals is where you win All Ireland finals. You could win him in a first round. 
that was one that day. How many semi-finals were they beaten in? Yeah, and one of the best that. sporting photos ever, as you see him smile. And it, it, it was absolutely, and everyone was delighted for Joe because at that stage he had no All Ireland medal, mm. and he was. I know he won a lot of club All Irelands and, and and big days, but everyone wanted to see him. The travesty, Ollie didn't win it, so if he didn't as well, do you know? Yeah, but in fairness, Ollie, he is a club All Ireland, so a lot of people w- mm. would love to have. So and four All Stars and four All Stars, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the number one, I think, had to be from Clare. Holy Moses, <laughs> Marty Morrissey. It was Donald Donovan's equaliser against um, Cork. You know, time up, game on the line, corner back. Who I don't know. Did Donald did he ever score before that or ever after it? But what a moment for the county! What a moment for a player! What a moment for all cornerbacks! And uh, so my clutch number one clutch moment in Ireland that I can remember. Is Donald Donovan's point? I hope we get a similar moment this weekend. It's certainly, the feverish, uh, the stadium shaking. I hope we get a couple <sighs> of those moments this weekend, and it feels like we will. So, you're predicting finally a uh, Kilkenny win to squeak it out? My prediction is coming Sunday. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Tune That's in. why he's paid the big bucks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, we'll all be tuning in. Uh, Tommy, great to have you with us. Uh, it is genuinely exciting. The, the knot in my stomach has started to appear after the conversation this morning. OTB. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.